This is the Everything EV Podcast by EV Powered. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Everything EV Podcast, the podcast dedicated to everything electric. I'm your host, Charlie Atkinson, and in these episodes, we'll be discussing everything to do with electric travel. So whether it be cars, bikes, boats, or even planes, we'll have it covered. We'll also be speaking to people from within the industry to get their views on the EV space, as well as other features such as electric car reviews, electric motorsport coverage, and much, much more along the way. This podcast is available on all streaming platforms, so be sure to subscribe to wherever you get your podcast from to receive every single episode as soon as it's released. And please do go back and check out all our other episodes too. In this episode, we're joined by Toddington Harper, the co-founder and CEO of GridServe, and Ken McMeekin, the chief executive of Moto Hospitality. Ken and Toddington are the men leading the nationwide rollout of high-powered GridServe EV chargers across Moto service stations, and they're here today to talk about the work they've done so far, the challenges that come with electrifying the UK's motorway network and their plans for the future. So welcome to the podcast, both of you. And I'd actually like to start with a bit of a debt of gratitude, really, because a couple of months ago, your network actually got me out of a bit of a spot of bother when I made that mistake of forgetting to put my car on charge overnight and needing to be somewhere quite early that next morning. And so (laughs) rugby services really came to my rescue that day. So thank you for that, first of all. But if we could just go back to the start, when did this partnership between Moto and GridServe begin? What, what's the the story behind this partnership? Uh, it's a, it's a very it's a very interesting partnership. Uh, I was just had a, a, a meeting with Ken at Toddington Services, which is where the Moto head office is, um, and uh, I've always been very attracted to the Moto sites, not least because I'm called Toddington after a motorway, after the uh, after the Moto site Toddington, which is where the HQ for Moto is, and I also have a brother called Heston, who is the first service station, which is also a Moto site. <laughs> Um, so I think perhaps the, the, the partnership was, uh, was, was, was written many years ago, um, but, but in reality, um, uh, the original electric highway network was started around 10 years ago uh, by Dale Vince at Ecotricity, um, and he was looking for a partner to kind of take that to the next stage. Uh, he selected GridServe as that partner, uh, and then we stepped in about 18 months ago. Uh, with a view to replacing all of the old chargers with, um, with uh, new chargers. Uh, and really helping to kind of work closely with with Moto and and build the you know build the infrastructure so that it's fit for purpose for the, for the mass market and do it as quickly as possible and deliver the best possible charging experience. So I guess that's it from my perspective. <laughs> How about you, Ken? Yeah, Charlie. Look, we um, Moto is the largest motorway services operator in the UK. Therefore, we have the most number of sites. And one of the key things I think for EV drivers is having accessibility to really viable, um, easy to access, easy to pay, easy to um, get on and off uh, a charge. Um, and so the, the partnership with GridServe, um, I'll, I'll give a lot of credit to Toddington, actually. Whilst we'd already had the um, EV chargers through Ecotricity on Uh, all moto sites Um, the reality is you know two three years ago they were becoming quite dated and I was delighted when GridServe came on board because they the partnership has been very quickly to upgrade all of the 50 kilowatt charges that we had on our sites um, and improve the reliability for EV drivers and accessibility Um, but probably even more key was to um, partner with us 
to as quickly as we can roll out a minimum of six of the high powered chargers, 350 kilowatts as a minimum on all of our sites. And if you take rugby as an example, we, which is our newest motorway service area in 13 years, we originally were going to open that um, before the partnership with GridServe with, um, with the minimum of six charges. I then went down to see GridServe's first, you know, all electric um, forecourt at Braintree. And as I drove back, um, I rang my team and said, we, we actually need far more than six because I've just seen the future. And the future's motorway right now, not a minimum of six, but let, let's start trying to replicate what Toddington had done at Braintree. And so, so we basically set out to have 24 at rugby. Um, and already, uh, I'd say we, we're, we're now at the stage where we probably need to put another 12 down because of the utilisation that we're already experiencing at rugby. So how many charges and sites do we have live at the moment then? Toddington, if you, if you could give us a bit of an overview of GridServe's network at the moment, and then, Ken, if you want to come in and talk specifically about Moto. Yeah, so, um, so we have, uh, GridServe have over 500 charges uh, live, uh, mostly across the, uh, the motorway network, um, you know, mostly actually in, uh, you know, a, a, a majority in, in moto sites, because as Ken said, Moto is the uh, is the largest uh, motorway service operator in in the UK, um, and um, you know so we we have those, but a large number of those are medium power chargers, um, which is uh, which is uh, what we've what we had to do when we replaced the existing chargers very quickly because we used the existing grid connection that was available. Uh, we managed to get that up a little bit to sixty kilowatts, um, but as Ken said really what the future is about is about high power charging you know originally it was you know 150 kilowatts was considered high power charging and that's still the government classification but but we're putting in charges up to 350 kilowatts and actually there's a new 360 kilowatt charger uh, that's just become available as well and so we've got eight of those sites we call them electric super hubs um and really that's what's needed you know and we've, we've kind of you know really been monitoring it and the customer experience you get from a site like rugby and it was you know great to hear your introduction at the beginning where we've got you know 12 350 kilowatt chargers next to 12 250 kilowatt tesla chargers is just fantastic um albeit as ken says we now need to uh now need to put even more chargers in because the better the location is the more confidence that people have to get electric cars the more electric cars there are on the roads and the, actually the more electric cars then turn up at the locations that they have full confidence they'll be able to charge without any anxiety so you know we have around 500 chargers at the moment and we are just constantly upgrading, constantly adding new ones. Uh, and, and our objective is to put as many charges as we possibly can as quickly as possible uh, to keep up with the huge demand um, that we're seeing every time we, we, we you know, together with, with, with Moto, put out a new super hub. And Charlie, for Moto specifically, um, all of our sites have got the medium powered grid serve chargers. Uh, we are hoping that by the middle of this month we'll have um, close to 200 of the high-powered chargers across Moto sites. We've got currently today eight what we would call 
super hubs like rugby. Um, Exeter, uh, we're actually hoping that we will end up with uh, more than 28 to 30 of the high power charges uh, over the next couple of weeks. Um, and by the end of this year, uh, our hope is that 40% of moto sites will be what we would classify as a super hub, the same as you're seeing at rugby. Maybe not all with sort of 24 with GridServe and, and Tesla, but with the minimum of six, and in a lot of cases, more than the minimum of six. And at the same time, also still with the uh, existing 100 medium power charges still in situ. So you've got a choice of medium powered and the, and the high powered charges. Yeah, so as you said, the goal now is to accelerate and install as many new charges as possible. But how easy is it to actually do that? I know they've been rolling out thick and fast this year, but on a sort of practical and, and logistical level, what challenges do you face for, for each one? Yeah, should, should I maybe have a, a go first uh, on this one, Toddington? It is incredibly challenging. Um, <laughs> it, it's not as simple as people probably think of, well, just get a power upgrade and stick a load of charges on your sites. Um, and I'll give you, I, I sort of found it helpful recently to use Exeter as an example of the scale of change and the transformation that we're bringing to motorways. Um, by the time we've finished uh, installing later this month, the sort of 28 uh, high powered charges, 350 kilowatts, um, the power that we've had to connect um, onto our Exeter site is sort of eight megawatts. And that, that all sounds like quite a small number. Yeah, it's just eight. Um, to try and sort of give it some sort of scale of what we're trying to, to do with our motorway service areas, um, that's probably about the equivalent of the power required for about between a quarter and a third of all Exeter houses. I mean, huge. So it, it it's actually quite a complex process that we go through. And it's for, for Toddington and myself, it's incredibly frustrating because we would have them all rolled out, all super hubs. Um, we'd have already done it. Um, but you have to go through uh, a very lengthy process, getting the power from the relevant DNOs, um, uh, so the power companies. We've then got to get... Uh, on sites that we don't own, we've got landlords and we have to get landlord consent. We've also then got to um, connect that power onto the site. Um, and, and so the list goes on. And it, it, it's a torturously slow process. And the biggest frustration for Toddington and myself is the funding's there, the desire's there from Moto and from GridServe, but the process is incredibly slow and, and challenging. And um, sometimes we, we've got to get the uh, landlord of a particular site or the local authorities or the power provider to raise this up as a priority for them 
in their sort of to-do list to actually allow us to progress at the pace that we would like to progress. And then the, the final thing I would say is um, we then sometimes run into challenges on a site-by-site -site basis. So for example, we've had flooding that we hadn't anticipated in a particular location um, where we plan to um, connect the power to the site and, and to put the charges in others, we've we've had other sort of as we've lifted the um, the concrete and so on to actually put the uh, the charges uh, in situ, all, all sort of construction uh, on a on a local side by side basis where we've had challenges. But the the bigger challenge is more getting the power, um, getting the prioritisation from landlords, local authorities, and um, and the power companies to actually go at the pace that we would like to go at. Yeah, maybe I can kind of add to that as well. So, you know, the, you know, I mentioned I actually met with Ken this morning and that's exactly the, the topic of conversation, which is how can we get this done faster? Because we all want it to be done faster. You know, as, as Ken said, the funding is there, the desire is there, but there just is quite a lot of complexity. Um, you know, we, we as GridServe, our, our purpose is deliver sustainable energy uh, on the scale needed to move the needle on climate change. And I think we all appreciate that the odds are very much not stacked in our favour, um, nor is there a playbook that we can just kind of, you know, roll out. You know, no one's ever delivered net zero before. No one's ever delivered the type of power and the scale of power that, that Ken was, was talking about to these locations. Uh, the grid wasn't even designed for it. And how do we do all that at the same time as balance the grid and ensure that the energy that's going through these charges is uh, is zero carbon? So so it is, um, you know, it's it's quite a challenge and, uh, and and you just have to kind of get a bit out of the box. So, you know, we're, we're constantly working on how can we innovate? What is it that we can do? How can we change this contractual framework? Or are there any technical challenges that we can you know, address to, to accelerate this further? How can we standardize? How can we, for example, add batteries? You know, it, it's a fact that there are um, locations that, that there is challenging grid capacity and it's going to take quite a lot of time to put new cables in the ground. So are there ways we can use the existing cables and the existing uh, energy that's available on a 24 hour basis, if you like, to use batteries to store some of that energy and push it out quicker um, when it's needed at peak times of the day? You know, are there other ways we can use, you know, renewable energy like solar energy, which is, you know, the, the, the greatest gift that we have, I think, in, in this, in this, but people don't really think about it, but actually all the energy in petrol and diesel is stored sunlight from hundreds of millions of years ago. And, uh, and, and that stored sunlight is now quite insecure. It comes from abroad, it needs refining um, and it's very expensive. So how can we also use new sunlight that, uh, <laughs> that, that, that that's available every day to, uh, to, to help contribute towards solving the, the issue sustainably? And, and how can we do this, you know, you know, as quickly as we possibly can um, uh, to deliver the, you know, the, the best customer experience. And as I said, the thing that gets us excited is every time we roll out one of these new super hubs, um, you know, Rugby, Swansea, Exeter, Burton and Kendall, uh, Thurrock, Seven View, the, you know, Heston, Weatherby, the, 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 the list is getting longer, uh, which is fantastic. And every time we do it, the customers, you know, with the customer satisfaction is just absolutely fantastic. But equally, it's like, well, how do we do that for every other site? And how do we do it as quickly as we possibly can? And, and ultimately, I, I guess what's coming across is that there's some very, you know, it's a great partnership. There's some very solutions focused, you know, people on, on, on every side of it. Um, and we're constantly trying to innovate and work out how we can deliver this as quickly as possible. Um, and, you know, and, and as Ken said, go well beyond the, 
six uh, minimum six that the you know the government has set out and as a minimum kind of criteria that people are working towards but how can we go above and beyond that um, because really it's about giving people the confidence to go into electric cars and the best ex charging experience when they have got them at the particular locations and you know and, and that often means more than six charges potentially quite a lot more so when you talk about those locations how do you determine which site is next is it all to do with the capabilities of each potential site like you said with the the power and the the ease and convenience if you like or are you trying to sort of cover all corners of the uk does that nationwide coverage element come into play at all I mean, literally, Charlie, what we're trying to do, working in partnership with, um, with Grid Service, go as fast as we can on all sites. So I, I sort of go back to, again, uh, where there's the power already there <laughs> and we've been able to secure it with, uh, with Grid Serve, where um, we are, site, for example, so one of the great things about motors, we do actually own 6% of our sites. We don't need landlord consent or planning. Uh, we, we go as as fast uh, and almost where where the next hub opens up is where we've been able to make the most progress fastest, uh, particularly where we've had the support from the DNOs because perhaps that power was already available and easy to connect to a site. I mean, one, one example of a site that's a challenge is one, one of our sites, um, the, the local power company needs to provide eight miles of cabling that obviously is going to take a lot longer than one of our sites, um, like rugby, where we were building it from new, and therefore you just the, the the local power company had the power available, and it was a straightforward. As we built the new site, we put in the in the power. So it they they really fall not not. There's no sort of we plan side by side. We we're just trying to get the minimum of six as fast as we can on all sites, and it just depends. Um, which ones fall first? Now, I know this is probably difficult to answer with all the challenges we discussed earlier, but what would you say is a is a sort of realistic timeline or, or what are your ambitions, Toddington, for, for reaching those targets and, and having those charges at every site? Well, I think the first piece of that, just to, you know, we, after completing the um, the acquisition and the handover, if you like, of the electric highway from Ecotricity, within six months, we'd replaced... Um, uh, almost all of the sites, I think everyone at, at, at Motor, within nine months have replaced the whole network. So we already have new charges on every single site, and we did that in less than a year. The, the issue is that those charges have limited power because we weren't able to put the power cables in as well. So we're incrementally kind of trying to improve that, but it's just not a permanent uh, solution. Um, in addition to that, it's about how do we get, as Ken said, the minimum of six as quickly as possible. Um, we have warehouses full of high power chargers, <laughs> to put it in perspective. You know, we've got committed investors. Uh, we've got, you know, we've got scrums that are happening on a daily basis. We've got, you know, people trying to work this out. You know, the, the government has said that they want to get minimum of six high power chargers in every site by the end of 2023. And that's absolutely what we want to do. It, But we don't want to get to the end of 2023. How can we do it, you know, well before the end of 23? You know, in, in reality, these we just want to get it done as quickly as possible because as again if you go back to the overall aims and of, of grid serve deliver sustainable energy and move the needle on climate change then you know it's great having a, a, a deadline of 2023 but but we're kind of almost on borrowed time if you see what's coming out of the un at the moment we need to get this done as quickly as possible the quicker we can put great charging experiences in every location 
the quicker the people have the you know have the uh, encouragements perhaps some of the newer people who are a bit more cautious to, to transition to electric cars um, and you know the quicker that will then spread um, you know amongst you know other people that, that actually now is the time to make the switch so you know there isn't kind of like um, you know the, obviously the, the 2023 date is a clear one we're working towards but, but but in addition to that we want to get it done as quickly as possible um, and, and and as you know as Ken highlighted minimum of six but actually certain sites uh, like rugby like uh, like Weatherby like Exeter and many others uh, clearly need a lot more. Okay and now I appreciate that the main priority for you guys at the moment is is to hit those targets and to get as many charges in the ground as possible but this year we focused quite a lot on the accessibility of charging points and, and we've done some work with Osprey Charging and Charge Safe as well and so I wondered if you're looking at that side of things as well, and if accessibility is is at the back of your mind as well. It's I think it's in the front of the mind um, as well as as well as the, as well as the back. So I think it's pretty clear um, that the, the design that we're leading with the, the, the six, the minimum six, and if you do two, you know, twelve, it's two of those is the leading design in the UK, um, and that includes at least one of those six spaces being an accessible uh, space as well. Um, and, uh, you know, we're, we're getting, you know, fantastic ratings for every one of these new sites that we deliver. Um, and of course, there's things we can improve and we're constantly learning and we're keen to get more feedback and, you know, continue to innovate, continue to improve, continue to standardize, work out how we can kind of roll them out as efficiently, as quickly as possible. But, you know, we've now got really clear customer validation that when we are able to put in, you know, a new site that's got six minimum six high power chargers and accessible space um and uh and you know and enough power to really deliver what customers need um then 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 the feedback we're getting is um is that's exactly what we should be doing charlie if i could to the charlie i was, I was just going to maybe add to that last question about you know pay as, as i said earlier in, in two months' time, 40% of Moto sites will have super hubs. Um, our ambition is, as fast as we can, ideally before the end of 2023, so in 14 months' time, all Moto sites should have super hubs in terms of EV charging. Um, the longer-term ambition, I think, is, is worth keeping also at the forefront of what, what we're trying to create because that minimum of six, I think already is looking like it's not going to be sufficient. I think demand is actually accelerating. And therefore, if we're going to really um, delight EV drivers, we've, we've got to stay ahead. Once you get the minimum of six down, as we're demonstrating at rugby, um, you know, 24, and we now need to put another 12 in. Um, we think that by... You know, in only seven years' time, one in three drivers coming into moto sites will be coming in an EV car. So we've got to be thinking now about the infrastructure that we're putting in place that in seven years' time can give a really good experience to an EV driver with the number of charges, um, the accessibility, and then also the reliability, and, and one being available and at peak times in particular. So we're, we're sort of doing our planning at the moment that we, we are, rather than thinking about a minimum of six and how quickly can we get there, how quickly with our largest sites are we going to be able to get to 
50 to 100 high-powered chargers. And if you think about the power required for that, um, that's what we've got to be, you know, we're pioneers here, but that's what we've got to be planning for at an accelerated pace because seven years will come round in no time at all. And that's, that's the infrastructure that we've got to put in place. So the minimum of six is kind of, you know, already it's going to be out of date very quickly. And we need to be working with GridServe as we're doing with Tesla as well and, and putting down uh, far greater infrastructure than even the government envisaged sort of two, three years ago when they came up with a minimum of six. We're thinking about one day 50 to 100 on our larger sites. And already we're getting close to 30 <laughs> in 20 at, um, at our Exeter site. Yeah, and I would, I would concur. We absolutely align with that. You know, what we are um, really focusing on is how do we support this mass transition? And the mass transition, uh, we need to put, you know, keep ahead of, keep putting infrastructure in ahead of demand that supports the demand. Uh, and we need to kind of work out how we can continuously innovate and work on that customer experience and, you know, and, and how we well, you know, how we manage situations that there will just be, you know, peak demand, um, how we can manage integrating renewable energy, uh, how we can be, you know, creative and use batteries to kind of balance uh, balance the grids and and so on and so forth. And and you know, absolutely. How do we, you know, how do we plan for a future and deliver a future um, where fifty to one hundred at some point becomes the norm? And just to circle back onto when you were talking about all the the new technology and innovation earlier, Toddington, we saw the story earlier this week about the new ABB Terra three sixty chargers you're rolling out. So. Could you just tell us a bit more about those and what the plans for those are? Yeah, so they're, they're a really fantastic product. Um, they are the latest uh, innovation from ABB. They're the latest generation of, 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 of products, which is, which is fantastic. So they are dual chargers. So each charger has the ability to, to charge one car at up to 360 kilowatts of power or two at 180 simultaneously. So you can do, you effectively get two high power uh, bays simultaneously from one charger which is really helpful and they can also do load balancing so you could be charging one car at 250 and then you know another one at whatever it is 110 um so you know really really uh really really good technology um to put it in perspective 360 kilowatts of uh power means that in an hour 360 kilowatt hours of energy you can drive roughly four miles a kilowatt hour you you know work that all out and you can put in theoretically more than hundred miles, you know, up to 120 miles even of charge in less in, in, in around five minutes. So, you know, that is, uh, you know, that's what those charges are capable of. In reality, um, it's going to be quite a while, I think, you know, a number of years before vehicles can cope with that level. Um, and also as well as thinking about, you know, being able to charge a vehicle very quickly, um, you also really need to think about what are the, uh, what are the needs of chargers, you know, drivers at those locations too? So, you know, we, we, we're, uh, we've noticed that, um, you know, and, and again, Ken will know far more about this than, than we do about, you know, how long a person would typically stay um, at, at a motorway services for a stop, you know, and how do we, you know, really align the charging experience as well as we possibly can. And so having a charger that can supply power uh, as quickly as it's needed is, is, is clearly very important for people who are in a, a huge rush. Uh, equally, we have to understand that people will be, um, you know, everyone won't be, be able, won't be needing to charge as quickly as that. The other thing that's great about those chargers uh, is they've also got um, really big screens on them as well, touch screens, so we can help communicate 
you know, what's going on in the facilities as well um, to customers while they're charging too. So that really fantastic tech, you know, every kind of product cycle, you know, it takes you a few cycles to, to, to get the kit right. Ecotricity were at the very forefront. They used some of the, you know, very first generations of chargers and dealt with a lot of the complexities that, 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 in, that ensues. You know, we're now, you know, generation three, four, five, uh, and, and, and this kit's really good. Okay, brilliant. And now just to finish things up, obviously we're about to turn the corner into 2023. So what can we look forward to seeing from you for the rest of this year and also for, for 2023 as well? Yeah, so Charlie, what I should say is as well as um, providing the uh, the power and the chargers and the whole experience for a, an EV driver, we're, we're also investing in Moto in all of our sites in terms of the customer experience. So if you're going to dwell for longer, turn in more frequently um, and have a great experience in terms of charging your car, you've also got time that you need to think, what, what are you going to do with that time? And, and rugby was a good example of this where we invested 40 million pounds in, in rugby, but putting in um, you know, a, a much better customer experience. And our customers on motorways are you know in cars everyone from commuters to holiday makers families you know we, we cover all spectrums and we need to provide facilities that if you are going to be dwelling longer that your experience through probably going into the amenity building um where you can have something to uh, eat drink somewhere to sit relax um do some work make calls uh, the number one needs uh, won't change, actually. Um, our most used facility is always going to be the toilet, um, where over 70% of people that come onto motorway service areas will use the toilet. And so we're, we're investing uh, over £250 in introducing new brands, um, uh, modernising and refreshing our existing estate, uh, opening up new motorway service areas like rugby. We've got planning consent for a new one on the A1M at Sawtree, just down from uh, Peterborough. And so what, what we are doing and what you'll continue to see is trying to think if, if EV drivers, if you can get the charging experience right, what are you also doing with that time for an EV driver so that you make the overall experience an even better one because they're spending more time and they are actually turning in more frequently uh, to moto sites. Yeah, and that's absolutely very much how, how we're thinking too. So we were just talking about 360 kilowatt charges, you know, theoretically um, less than, you know, more than 100 miles in less than five minutes, but practically it's going to probably still take, you know, 10 to 20 minutes to give people, you know, most of the energy that they need to complete their journey and and as 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 ken said you know how can you delight that customer for that 20 minutes in in the most awesome way and that's really where where our thinking is going as well so you know hopefully you know the the we, we can start thinking that you know a minimum of six high power charges at every site is the basics you know that's done you know as quickly as possible so people can have the confidence that they can turn up they can charge the vehicle will charge reliably contactless payment all the things that we've already put in um, uh, and, uh, and, and, you know, and that's the basics, but then how do you then help, you know, integrate and connect in a, in a, in a really fantastic way, the journey that somebody is on, 
the time that they need to stop or want to stop at a particular destination um, with the facilities that are at those destinations uh, at those destinations um, in a way that you know you people can make the best possible use of their time rather than thinking of oh, I'm waiting for charging they're thinking oh having a coffee I'm doing some emails I'm catching up you know that was fantastic I'm now refreshed I'm ready to go and I've just had a little nudge from my app and it said okay you know it's time to continue with your journey and you're going to get there on time you know wouldn't that be awesome so so really it's about how do you kind of you know start thinking more and more you know uh, about the customer uh, the customer experience you know making that as fantastic as possible um, and, and hopefully you know less about the tech of just being able to ensure that the charges are going to be able to uh, to, to work and deliver that charging uh, experience, which, 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 as I said, you know, we'd like to get to a point as quickly as possible where that's just the basics. Well, of course, of course, they're going to work. Of course, there's plenty of charges. You know, you don't need to worry about that. But like, why stop at this location versus that one? Oh, brilliant! Cause it's fantastic, and you can do this and you can do that, and and that's really what we're what we're doing. And the more, again, the more we can do that, the more people will say, look, why why are you in a combustion car? Like electric cars are brilliant they're connected because they're autonomous and connected and you know you can do all this other stuff that you wouldn't otherwise be able to do uh, and that will again give people the confidence the encouragement to 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 to, to you know to, to start handing in the keys of the, of the combustion vehicles and, and get into electric ones as quickly as possible charlie the the very last thing i should have said is toddington and i are working very much now for a couple of um, particular customer groups to think about the EV charging experience, and that's um, those with uh, any form of disability and, and what their requirements are. Um, and then uh, if you are, as we do, we get a lot of uh, customers coming to motorway service areas with caravans. So if you're in a car with a caravan, how do you charge? <laughs> um, because easy is just a car. <laughs> so we're, we're trying to work out the logistics of how we can provide uh, a better experience from an EV charging perspective for different customer segments and not just have a, a one size fits all. And that's certainly something that we're already looking at um, as we roll out the super hubs. How do we try and um, cater for those specific customer segments as well? Uh, absolutely. And, and to just add another one on, on top of that as well is that we're going to start seeing next year um, electric HGVs as well. So uh, whilst people have focused on uh, the 2030 ban for conventional petrol and diesel uh, vehicle sales, there's a 2040 for uh, effectively for everything, including HGVs. And so that means we're going to need to start demonstrating um, the, uh, the really large electric HGVs uh, as well. Um, and hopefully some of those can you know, address some of the other requirements that, uh, that we've been, you know, you know, Ken was highlighting on how you can address the needs of different shapes and sizes of vehicles. And, and obviously, uh, uh, you know, as a, you know, as an absolute key part of what we're doing, which is what I highlighted when we were talking about the Superhub design, you know, in, ensuring that these are accessible for everybody and that we do take into account, you know, mobility needs of, 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 of everybody. Uh, and we just, you know, we, we, we want to delight everybody. So, you know, how do we do that? And, uh, you know, for the different types. So there's going to be a lot of innovation that people see in 2023, and we are looking forward to, to knocking it out of the park together. That's all for this episode. Many thanks for listening. And if you liked it, then please do check out all our other episodes and be sure to subscribe to wherever you get your podcast from to make sure you get every single episode as soon as it's released. For daily news coverage, features and much more, you can also head over to evpowered.co.uk. Thanks once again for listening and we'll see you on the very next episode of the Everything EV podcast.